So we're here today at the end of our volunteer spotlight series, and we are going to have a conversation. Um, maybe each of us can introduce ourselves and maybe tell, say a bit about the role that we play at Women Inc. But um, the folks I'm here with today, we're all a part of the series, and we just wanted to offer up some reflections on the volunteer program. And I wanted to make sure we got their perspectives into the mix. Hi, my name is Jill Zawiza. I'm one of the co-directors at Woman Inc. And I work with the volunteers in a number of ways. I take part in the 40-hour training uh, and I work with the volunteers in the peer counseling program, primarily helping train and kind of oversee um, the scheduling and the administrative side of things while also providing some support and mentorship to volunteers offering peer counseling to our clients. And I will be loosely facilitating the conversation today. Hi, I'm Mary Martinez. I am the co-director uh, here at Woman Inc. And I had the opportunity to have a conversation with lovely Tanya in episode three of this series. Over the years, I've worked closely with those who've um, those who've volunteer at Woman Inc. from training from training one on one, providing support and mentorship, helping with a larger forty hour training, um, to you know contributing to making it as an enjoyable experience for them as possible. Even though I began to step back from the one-on-one supervision of volunteers, I'm still engaged in, in a lot of ways. That's me. Hi, my name is Sabrina and I am the support line manager at Woman Inc. You might remember me from episode two in this series where I had the pleasure of interviewing Yadidia, one of our volunteers on the 24-hour support line. Since becoming staff, I have always worked closely with the volunteers, from interviewing, training, scheduling, and to being the main point of contact for all things support line related. I love getting to know our volunteers, and I'm so grateful for the work they do. I could not run this line without them. Hello, my name is Alicia, and I am the Educational Development Manager at Woman Inc. I had the pleasure of chatting with Sasha in the first episode of this volunteer series. During my time in my current role, I've helped recruit a number of our volunteers and facilitated the 40-hour domestic violence training with them. So I've mainly been a part of their early journeys in being a part of our team. Over the years, I've also had the wonderful opportunity of working closer with a number of volunteers through our outreach and events program. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to just get us started to get like a bird's eye view of some of the ways that volunteers have helped out and contributed to Woman Inc. over the years. And um, it's not meant to be exhaustive, but if you all can just think of ways that volunteers have kind of connected with the organization, um, I would love to hear what you have to say. I'll go ahead and start first. It's Mary. Um, maybe if we're like, if people don't recognize our voice, we'll say like, it's Kermit, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so one, a couple, a few things come to mind. I mean, there's like the obvious areas, like, you know, uh, there's the hotline, which now is like the, the entryway into the organization. But um, back when I was a volunteer and also frontline advocate, um, there there were two opportunities. One comes to mind, like when um, we had this volunteer, I don't remember how she got connected, but her name was Lynn, Lynn Chat. And she, um, I named her because she helped us. It was like one of the first initial steps to, for Woman Inc., like moving us more online. Um, she helped us build this uh, SurveyMonkey call log for our contact sheets, also known as intakes. 
we call them colleagues now. And that was, I don't know, that was like, it was such a, you know, it was a small task, but it was like really big and like, um, it was like some, a really key piece, um, you know, thinking about where we are now. So, you know, helping out in those kind of tasks. Um, another one, another area I'm thinking of, um, volunteers helping build the Domestic Violence Information and Referral Center. Again, like on this um, more digital space, um, that was a big, initially, um, that was just a big project and we had a lot of help from there was staff, but also volunteers. Um, I don't want to take up all this, but so if Alicia or Sabrina or Jill have anything else that, like I have more, but I don't want it to be all me. I can jump in. This is Alicia. Um, yeah, I remember when I first started volunteering, actually during training, there were a couple of volunteers who co-facilitated um, certain parts of training. And I remember feeling really excited because I was like, wow, these are like future me doing, you know, hopefully supporting um, in other ways other than the line. Um, and I know throughout my years uh, here, there's, um, I know Epti has contributed her awesome photography skills for like events that we've had in the past. Um, there have been a number of volunteers who have helped me out with like outreach, um, like doing presentations, tabling, um, just collaborating with other um, organizations and schools. Um, and then I think about fundraising. I think at one point, um, this is like way over 10 years ago, or 10 years ago, I remember Women in Cat, a bake sale. And I was super excited about that because I love baking um, and was excited to contribute a, another skill um, to help raise funds for Women Inc. Um, I remember a couple times there were marathons that Women Inc. volunteers were a part of as well, um, especially when I first started in this role. So there's been yeah a lot of great opportunities for volunteers to lend in other skills that they're bringing in with. Oh my God, I don't even remember the big sale, but that's awesome. <laughs> that was when Sue picked the uh, bean, yeah, the pineapple. Oh, that like open house. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I remember now. Um, and I feel like you guys pretty much covered everything I was going to cover. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about too, something that rang a bell when we were talking about volunteers, I was thinking about one of our volunteers, Tiffany, who created a really handy dandy resource map. So for any of you or who are working on the line, probably know how handy that document has come in because it's just kind of all of our resources in one place. Um, so yeah, I think that's really cool that she did that. Yeah, there's just, there's been a lot of areas. Um, I think I remember just like when Woman Inc. was um, an time like for Pride, um, I remember volunteering for that time um, or Cinco de Mayo or Carnival in the Mission, all of that was so much fun. And um, it was, I guess it involved tabling and and also it's like, you, it was a lot of fun. Um, and um, I just think of all the, also the tasks that are, the admin tasks that are probably not as fun, but actually really helpful and um, just, yeah, they're just helpful to help move the, help with like the organization's operations and help with staff. So all like any other ways have, um, that volunteers have helped out has, all of it has been, um, to say helpful again, have been really helpful. <laughs> like updating the DVRC, that's a good one too that we might forget because it's not as glamorous and probably a little tedious to do. But um, keeping that DVRC updated um, is super helpful. So mm -hmm. that's one of those things. And of course our board of directors is another volunteer position that exists and they really help us stay a nonprofit, right? Like we, you know, they also lend a lot of creativity and I would say support 
Um, Mary and I are the ones typically who interact with them on an ongoing basis. But uh, the cool thing about the board historically and currently is that we have folks who do direct service who also sit on the board or have done a level of direct service via support line, peer counseling, that sort of thing. So uh, Sabrina, you mentioned Tiffany and Tiffany now is a board member and Alice used to work on the line and um, Allison, who's also on the board, was went through the training and took some shifts. So um, I think it's a really good example of how each one of them, not just the three of them via direct service, but Kathy's helped with some um, HR issues when I needed help with like a manual. And Alita is always really helpful in terms of kind of um, the direction and the spirit of the organization. She just really gets it and has a lot of great ideas and they've all helped with fundraising. So um, there's a lot of ways that they connect in and are supportive to the organization that um, are, I'm glad to have the opportunity to lift up um, for the group. And over overall, I'm you know we've we've surfaced a lot of really great things that I have kind of forgotten about some of them, like Lynn Chat, like you said, Mary was very much responsible for kind of pushing us into a space that felt maybe uncomfortable at the time, but has really helped us in all of the ways and all the ways she said it would, <laughs> in terms of data collection, but also. Um, we kind of took a chance and she really pushed us to do that. And on top of that, she also paid for the subscription for SurveyMonkey. Remember that? So she was paying for that for years and it wasn't this like crazy expensive thing or sorry, I shouldn't say crazy, but it wasn't a really big expenditure. But for us, it was because at the time we were in the middle of a, of a fiscal crunch emerging uh, from a fiscal crunch and she really helped out. So um, all of those things are really great. And the themes I'm hearing are, you know, volunteers show up for us internally to make our jobs better. They help us strengthen our network inside of the organization and the ways that we communicate. And also they help us uh, represent Women Inc. and domestic violence survivors in the community at large in ways that we wouldn't be able to connect if it was just the six of us. Um, so to that end, I think it's, it's interesting that the majority of staff um, are now who are at working full-time at Women Inc. started as volunteers and also on the line. Um, and so I'm wondering if someone can just kind of speak to that, like what, why is that the case? And from your experience, from your vantage point, like how, how does that happen? I, oh, go ahead, Sabrina. I can answer that. Um, I think that was something that really stood out to me about Women Eat, because I remember when I started as a volunteer, that was mentioned how most everybody on staff um, started off as a volunteer. So I kind of think it just gives people like a, like something to work towards. Like I remember being volunteering, like, oh, that'd be cool if I could become staff one day. I didn't think it would actually happen, um, but it did. And I think it's really just, you know, some volunteers, you know, everyone has different capacities and some volunteers, you know, spend a lot more time, you know, getting involved with Women Inc. Um, and a lot of times that's how they end up becoming staff, you know, they start taking on extra responsibilities, you know, maybe start helping with peer counseling or clock intakes or, you know, all of the various tasks that we do. And it just, you know, the people who really want to stay connected, I think Women Inc. really values that and tries to like foster that. Um, and I think that's kind of how it, how it really starts. It just kind of, you know, once you show that interest and, you know, you start becoming more involved, eventually we start seeing the potential and, you know, if there's an opening, then there you go. <laughs> well, one, this is like, I love talking about this because I think it's so, um, 
I don't have an adjective to describe it. I don't know. I just, I love this part about Womanique is not only are, do we invest in the survivors that are reaching out to us, but we're also investing in the people that are providing these services. And, um, and we, um, I'm sure listeners have heard in other either like saw on social media or other podcast episodes that, you know, we have seven full-time staff, six of us started as volunteers at the organization. Um, and, um, you know, even former staff members um, there, you know, I think of like Shana and Lily and Delisa, um, who started as an intern um, providing therapy to survivors. Um, I see it also as like, so investing in the people. So we are, we have built and continue building this culture at Woman Inc. that I mentioned, like invest in the people. And um, it's a culture built on trust and connection. And it's always a practice, never perfect, but you know, we're all working towards that. And um, there, there is something about, to add to Sabrina's point, about these former volunteers, at least, and volunteers that, um, like the organization, like we want it more of, like whether it was like their values that they brought, their personality, their um, their engagement, their time commitment, like all those that Sabrina mentioned too. And um, okay, so does anyone want to share a little bit about how what their journey looked and felt like in terms of becoming a staff person starting out as a volunteer at, at Woman Inc? Share. Thanks. Yeah, so, um, you know, I started out as a volunteer, so I did the 40-hour training, um, and to be honest, I, I didn't, it was kind of on the on a whim for me. Like I had heard about the, the Woman Inc. They seemed like a really great organization. I liked a lot of their values, but I didn't quite see myself as like a volunteer um, just because I don't know, in my head, I pictured volunteers as, you know, these like do good or save the world, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but I just didn't feel like I fit that mold. So I was kind of intimidated to, to apply for the 40-hour training. Um, and I, I had actually heard about it through um, a class I was taking at City College. And I remember the teacher strongly told, like suggested that I apply for it because she knew I had an interest. And I was like, yeah, sure, maybe one day. And just, you know, kind of never happened. Um, and then I was at a point in my life where I was just like, oh, know it might be cool maybe I should try something new um so I applied for the 40-hour training I took the training um I thought it was really great I loved it um and then I started volunteering on the line and I did mostly I did overnights so I actually didn't have a lot of interaction um with staff because I was never in office um and I will say that for a minute, I was like, I don't know, is this something I want to continue doing? Because I was starting to feel a little, I guess, isolated in it. And that was partially, you know, I just didn't have the capacity at the time to really go into office or, you know, um, meet people um, to really make the experience what I had was hoping and wanting it to be. And I remember having this thought because it had been about a year, which was like the, the commitment that I agreed to, you know, volunteer for. And I had the thought like, hmm, my time might be coming to an end. Um, and then all of a sudden, Alicia reached out to me about doing outreach. <laughs> um, so I started doing outreach because um, and that was something I had always been really interested in. Um, I had always had an interest in, you know, like education because I, I really I, I believe that like one of the the best ways to to you know help end domestic violence is education I think it's so important um so I was really excited about the opportunity to you know be able to to start doing outreach um and that kind of just reignited 
my like, oh, I want this, like I'm happy, I wanna be here. Um, so then I started doing that and that's kind of how I started to get a little more involved um, with Woman Inc. And then we did like a guest bartending fundraiser. Um, so then I did that and I was like, okay, this is fun. Like, I, I do wanna be a part of this. Like I started interacting with more people and I was like, okay, no, I, I like this. I'm gonna continue my volunteer journey. Um, so that's, that's kind of how it started for me. And then, you know, eventually position opened up and I was not loving my job where I was at. And I was like, huh, maybe I should apply. And <laughs> I was like, eh, I'm probably not gonna get it. Like, I don't have the background necessarily. I had been a volunteer, but I was like, I work in the beauty industry. How am I gonna go from the beauty industry to like working at a nonprofit? And somehow I ended up working at a nonprofit. And <laughs> Yay, <laughs> we got you. Yeah. <laughs> <We got you. laughs> oh my gosh. Mary, you worked really closely, just to put you both on the spot, you, you worked really closely with Sabrina when she was a volunteer, you were managing the line. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is a really good kind of opportunity to speak to like your perspective around why you felt like, yeah, this is, this is the person, like, this is how that, how that works, like volunteer to staff. I yeah, I, um, so yeah, I'll say, share a little more, a little bit more here. So I also share a little bit more in episode three when I'm talking with Tanya um, from like, so those um, volunteers, because it is it is rare that Woman Inc. has job openings um, in terms of like on like full-time staff or even part-time staff, like a program assistant. It's rare um, because, you know, we're, we're small and mighty. Um, and um, what helped me because yeah Sabrina was doing overnights and I hear that when I yeah, when I was um at first I was also doing overnights and they can be really isolating um and you're you're just you don't have as much connection so once I started hearing from um Alicia on her work with you it's like I um if I don't already see it like if I'm not seeing like, oh, this person is, you know, they have the the access, they have the time to be more engaged, then I rely on other staff members. Like what, what do you see in this person? Cause it's, again, it's not about like, it's not only about like their work ethic, it's about like really who they are as a person. Cause that's really, that's what I'm interested in. It's like, who, who is Sabrina? Um, who, especially like those, Jill and I were talking about this, um, briefly about this last week or some week ago where like those um those folks who if they did go to a four-year college um and their degree is so different than this work it's so fascinating to learn about that or like someone in your position Sabrina who worked in the beauty industry it's so fascinating to me so just like who is Sabrina and also what values does she bring um because we all, every single person has something to offer and, um, and just like also hearing you, um, you know, being reminded of that excitement that you share about, you shared about um, doing outreach. And I remember, and I still remember like you um, love doing outreach with teens and in schools. And so it's like um, on top of the person but also thinking about those who are volunteering, like, you know, the stuff that we also look for, like who is, um, who's communicative, who's reliable. Those are really key. Like, um, I wish, it, I wish it can all be about the person, but those are really um, important because it's like, we, if we're going to be investing in you, we want to make sure it's like, you know, it's shared and, um, we saw that in you, Sabrina. We see that in our other ad paid advocates. Um, and I saw that in um, 
And we saw that in Alicia and Stephanie and Adelia and Miriam, who are all full-time staff members too. And um, yeah, hopefully that gets to that a little bit more. And feel free to add anything. Yeah, I think um, if I like the, I like the, um, I like the trajectory of like, so if I can just quickly, I, I didn't start as a volunteer at Woman Inc., but I started as a volunteer at an organization where I was working in Southern California, like a really long time ago. And I remember kind of being plucked out of a pool of volunteers because I was communicative and I really liked doing what I was doing. And I, I just kind of had like a little knack for it. There was something, and I was at the time considering like I was in school for women's studies, but I had just like kind of got there from going and interviewing and being accepted to FIDM, which is like fashion school. <laughs> so I was gonna pursue fashion design. And, but I decided instead to do women's studies. Some days I'm like, really, why? But <laughs> at any rate, um, so I think it, I think a lot of us have those stories at Woman Inc. and in, in the nonprofit world in general, where we were maybe called to a couple of things that look to be very different, but actually, you know, all of those things live inside of us. And the, the cool thing about Woman Inc. that I'm really proud of is we've kind of cultivated a culture where you can kind of bring your whole self to the workspace and come with your ideas. So if a volunteer is gonna come and say, hey, why don't we try this? Even if it's an idea that may or may not result in the outcomes that we were hoping for, it's still creative energy that makes the organization better. And like you're saying, Mary, like sometimes it's just about the spirit you're bringing to the organization and the energy you're bringing to the organization and how, you know, selfishly we're growing as an organization and as people as having you a part of our very, like, it goes smaller, 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 you know, community. And um, I can think of so many people that we've worked with who have made us a stronger organization, a more value-rich organization, and who I think have, I'm a better person for having known and being friends with, and I've grown so much. Um, so I love to sit back and like, look at the threads that have been woven over my time here. And um, yeah, I love that about us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will say too, just to kind of piggyback off that, I. I feel like one of my biggest fears coming into Woman Inc. was that I wasn't qualified enough or, you know, that I, I didn't have the traditional background that a lot of people working in nonprofits have. And the one thing that I really loved about, you know, everyone at Woman Inc. is everyone was so encouraging, you know, like they and and they validated my experiences and was like well you know you have these real life experiences and you have this it all adds to bring to the table and they kind of gave me that they helped build my confidence um in my ability to do this work and you know maybe some of the things that were a little newer to me or newer concepts it was never like you know, I never felt bad or, you know, less than because I didn't know because everyone was always so willing to, you know, teach and to, you know, encourage me to explore and to learn more. Um, so I think that was, you know, one of, and still is one of my favorite things about women. One thing um, you both kind of named is like the, is like we are learning from you too, like volunteers. There's so much to learn from you. And because we're not, as I mentioned, we're not perfect. They're like really uncomfortable and hard conversations that we've had um, about race and um, just um, oppression in general. And, but it's like, it's that the the commitment to to lean into that discomfort. And um, 
which makes it then feel more comfortable to bring our whole selves to the table um, or to the organization. Um, Cause it all, it hasn't always been like that, but it's like, it's a practice that we, we keep evolving and unlearning and learning and we're doing it together. So it feels like extra cheesy and it feels extra like powerful and magical that way. Alicia, do you have anything you want to add to any of that? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I really resonate with everything that everyone has said so far. Um, and a little, about, a little bit about the way that I um, got started um, was, well, I guess for some historical background, my mom was a woman volunteer um, now over 30 years ago. And um, she used to take me to some of the events that Woman in CAD where, you know, little kids could go to. Um, and so I feel like a part of my life, like I always had Woman Inc. in the background in some shape or form. Um, and funny enough, another little fun fact is that my mom met my godmother volunteering at Woman Inc. Um, and worked with like other folks in the community. So it felt very family oriented in some way at that time. Um, so when I got into college, um, I was focusing primarily on public health. And in my last semester, um, I was doing an internship in the prevention education program, which is how I also met Adelia and Steph. Um, and the supervisor at the time uh, was like sharing her experience about having gone through the Woman Inc. training and uh, volunteering as well. And I was like, oh, I know Woman Inc. And, um, she was like, yeah, take the training. Like, I really encourage it because I know you have this passion for helping folks. And so I did. I was super nervous because I wasn't sure like what kind of can of worms I'd be opening up. Um, but I love the training, um, even though it's so different from how we do it now. But I love the training. I loved all the speakers who were there. And it changed my life in so many various ways. And I was super excited because I wanted to do everything. I remember, and I think at some point I probably did do everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to do direct service. I wanted to do presentations. Um, I, in college, I found that I really enjoyed public speaking, even though it totally scared the hell out of me too at the same time. Um, but I really loved engaging folks in conversation and, um, Woman Inc. allowed me to, to bring those skills in and to bring my public health perspective in, which was also another thing that I felt was missing from my program was more of the mental health aspect um, and talking about domestic violence and how it intersects with all these other issues that, you know, we were already studying and talking about. And so I personally made it a focus to um, bring that work um, into what I was doing. Um, and Woman Inc. allowed me to, you know, practice my public speaking. Um, I feel like the cycle after I graduated, um, Lily asked me to present um, in the 40-hour training, and I loved it. Um, and, you know, Woman Inc. also allowed me to volunteer in the Latinx program, and I was nervous because my Spanish didn't feel like, eh, I don't know. Um, but the encouragement that I got from staff um, was amazing. Uh, and really being able to build and practice speaking um, to Latinx folks, which is the population I really wanted to work with as well. Um, and so, yeah, just feeling so appreciative that like my focus was, I was able to just merge in all of my skills and build on it um, and my passions. And, um, you know, I'm still, yeah, as you all mentioned, I'm still learning. I'm still building up on those skills. I'm still growing as we go. And every time I run uh, or I facilitate a training, um, I always come away with more knowledge as well because of the participants who are in there. Um, and I really feel like it speaks to the work that we do that we don't call ourselves experts. Um, you know, everyone comes in with their own expertise and, and whatnot. And we share knowledge together. Um, so I feel like, you know, being in this role, I am, I am allowed to continue to building and growing. Um, and I, and I love it. So I'm still here 10 years later. <laughs> I remember Alicia's binder. When she mm -hmm. was, I was really jealous. I'm like, I wish I can be that organized. 
Like, you know what? Everything lives here and that's okay. I still have it, by the way. I felt like I used it a lot when we were in shelter in place. Yeah. I was like, let me pull it out because I want to go back to this and I know it's on the modules, but not exactly quite written that way. Um, no, I still have it. And I also have my mom's woman ink training manual as well. Brought that in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still have my binder from the training I took back in the 90s. Like I've gotten rid of so many things after all the moves and all the life. Um, But I kept that. That's just, that's just the Capricorn stuff, Alicia. It's just, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, My Capoli and I threw it away. It's kind of like my degree from school. I have no idea what it is, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I definitely don't have mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's all right. <laughs> um, we all store information differently, literally and figuratively. So I wonder if we can explore a little bit about what we would love to see in terms of uh, volunteers. So who would we love to see volunteering? You know, what are their experiences, you know, perspectives, values, whatever the case may be, if anyone can kind of say a few things on that. I can jump in. I, I feel like I would love to see um, more like folks from Native and Indigenous backgrounds, um, especially throughout um, Central and South America, just because there's different dialects, different experiences, different perspectives um, that sometimes I've been on the line, um, on, on the Spanish line, excuse me. Um, and the experience is different. Um, and so being able to have someone um, as part of our team who can really speak to um, their unique experiences, I think be just amazing. Um, and again, just providing that opportunity for us to learn as well. Um, I think the other thing I think about too um, are survivors who have um, been formerly incarcerated if they have that desire to support folks as well. Um, in hearing a lot of the conversations from um, survived and punished, um, just feeling really inspired by some of the work that a lot of those survivors are doing. And um, you know, if they have that interest also to support other folks, um, I would love to you know have them um, join us as well. Um, I feel like our unique approach to how we support survivors is a little bit different from other organizations. Um, And I feel like we are more receptive to hearing different experiences um, without necessarily being like, no, but that can't happen. Or you don't typically like look like or qualify as a volunteer. Like we just, we just don't do that. Um, So I would love to to have more folks. And I think the other thing I see, uh, especially as a trend coming up, are folks from the medical field um, reaching out. I feel like within like the last year or two, I've gotten a lot of requests or um, volunteer applications from folks who are pursuing their PhD or a nursing program or something. Um, And and I love that, especially from a public health background, um, because as I mentioned, I feel like oftentimes domestic violence isn't talked about enough within the public health field. I feel like maybe now it's getting a little bit more traction, but I feel like there it's a good opportunity for folks within the medical field to um, engage in this work, not just to fulfill a requirement or just to learn more about domestic violence, but actually getting that experience to working one-on-one with survivors. I feel like it will benefit them in like learning how to handle disclosures, Um, you know, they would learn how to better support survivors, um, sometimes even bedside manner, um, and not just like assuming that a survivor looks or acts a certain way. Um, You know, some folks um, could have like a big influence on policy, maybe even or funding. Um, And I feel like ultimately, folks who have gone through this training and have had the opportunity to volunteer with us, 
um, build stronger collaborations. Um, I'm also thinking about other community orgs who have sent folks over to take the training and then end up becoming volunteers um, and have mentioned how helpful it was to have that direct service experience. Um, and it really just sort of changed the perspective on how they thought that they would approach a certain situation or how they would ascend, like initially respond to survivors and having gone through the training and worked on the line, um, they now see it differently and it has really helped build a little bit more trust um, with the survivors and who they work with. So that was a little all over the place, but um, I feel like, yeah, those are just some of like the highlights of who I would hope to, to come to Woman Inc. That wasn't all over the place. <laughs> Yes, for yes. my, for my, from where I'm sitting, it wasn't all over the place. And I think too, like, I just want to add, like, I would really like to see, I mean, I think everyone who, who volunteers, volunteers for a reason. And I definitely think a lot of people that we, you know, um, volunteer for us do identify as survivors, but I definitely would love to see more of like the survivors that we have served <laughs> become go on to become um, volunteers. I think there is a richness in real life experience um, and having gone through Women Inc's programs themselves to later on, you know, become the people who help other survivors, I think would be really amazing. Um, and in general, I think I would just love to see, you know, people from all walks of life. I mean, I think that we, we're like Alicia said, we never judge anyone, you know, how they look, where they came from, you know, what someone might traditionally see as who should be a volunteer. Um, but I think it's also important to name that, you know, volunteering is a privilege. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, they, you know, they don't have that ability to volunteer. It takes a lot of time and commitment. And I know, like, in the beginning, I had said something about, like, I didn't see myself doing that because I was never a do-gooder, like, save the world type. But also, I think it's important to mention, it's not that I, like, you know, didn't want to do good in the world. I just don't think I had that ability, you know, in the way I grew up. But, you know, that wasn't I wasn't around people who were able to volunteer. I wasn't around people who came from, you know, rich educational backgrounds. So it wasn't something I knew a lot about, which is why I think I was a little intimidated to try. Um, and I would just love to see more people who maybe feel that same way, you know, like maybe you're intimidated to try because you've never been around that, or you know, it, it's not something you know a lot of people who have done, but you have this desire to help. Um, I think, like, give it a shot. I think give it a shot because, like I said, everyone at Woman Inc. is so amazing at making you feel, you know, comfortable and never making you feel like, you know, you're not enough. Um, and we're just all willing to learn and help each other learn. Um, so I would just love to see, you know, all those people who think that they, they, they can't or don't belong in this and, but, you know, might have the time or capacity to do so, to so just, just give it a shot. Just try it. I have some things. <laughs> it's, I, I think that I think, Sabrina, you kind of nailed a couple of mine. Uh, I would love to see more survivors and like you said like the majority of the folks who are engaged with the community are survivors but kind of um, engaging survivors who have been through services at Woman Inc like we do with Echando Palante but um, with a maybe a stronger connection to direct service or an element thereof that feels comfortable and matches up kind of where they're at in their healing I think that would be amazing and um, really beneficial for them, but also for the folks who reach out for help. And more, you know, I, I, I too grew up in a very different, <laughs> you know, there were no college graduates in my family and that, you know, everyone had like three jobs, <laughs> you know, it was not 
they probably wanted to be able to do more than they were able to, but it was a struggle to like pay the rent and keep the food on the table. Like, so, uh, and yet um, when I know, you know, when people have the opportunity to do that, a lot of times those are the people that are really great to link in. And so I'm thinking the same way of like, I call, I say I come from a very working class background. Um, I don't know that that necessarily resonates with everyone, but I would love to see like kind of the folks who maybe aren't doing it for an educational requirement or, you know, they have a lot of lived experience that they don't think will be honored in other places or seen as not as important as a degree. Like, you know, um, and you know, I think when we get into like characteristics of a person or qualifications, it's, you know, we need to have those conversations. Um, and I think it's important to be very intentional and clearly state like if we want to have something I've been thinking about a lot is uh, you know if we want to have someone from a community that's experienced marginalization and is experiencing marginalization we need to be really clear that we want to engage not just because we want to like check a box like the diversity box but rather what do you bring that we aren't we don't have two survivors you know um not our, just our organization. Like how can we better serve the community we exist to, to center and serve and engage? Um, and then I always like, you know, shit stirrers who are like gonna question the status quo and have like some fire in their belly about like the systems we have set up to serve survivors of domestic violence don't do that well. And what are our alternatives? And how can like our organization play a role in establishing them? So that doesn't necessarily look like even me, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that looks like. That can look like a lot of different things, but um, that value, what, what are your values and what, how do you connect with our values and how are you not gonna, how are you going to lean into those values? And, and specifically in my mind is like, how are you going to lean away from these systems that get called in a lot, like law enforcement and the family policing system? So yeah, um, that's me, everyone. Mary, Mary, do you have anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be quick. I just, yeah, just thinking about like staff without putting anyone on blast, just like a lot of us come from, Okay, we come from poverty, <laughs> all of us, <laughs> homelessness, you know, and like a whole complexity of issues, drugs, DV, all of it, um, family who's been, who's served prison time, like all of it. And so I think that, I think that adds to, I know we're talking about volunteers here, but so that's like, again, adds to the, the richness of staff at Woman Inc. is like there's so so many um complex issues that we've had to navigate ourselves um on top of what our identities are as like women of color as you know someone who's queer who you know just all of it and um and I think yeah I would love to see more of that in our volunteer pool recognizing what has been said already that ideally we would pay everyone who's doing this work including survivors and um and we're balancing being a nonprofit in the big umbrella of capitalism so um we do what we can do and um yeah i that's all i'll add because every, everything else has been shared from the three of you yes well perhaps just inadvertently mary you just built this bridge to the next question I was going to ask, which is, um, what are some things that you appreciate most about folks who volunteer at Woman Inc? Understanding, of course, like you said, Mary, just that they are not paid, you know, um, and 
some of them are on that trajectory to become staff and others aren't, and that's okay too. But what are some things that you all appreciate uh, about them? I'll start first. My, my answer is really short, kind of short, we'll see. Um, okay, so recognizing that this, this work, domestic violence work also, it's not only about DV, it's about racism, classism, patriarchy, it's all of that sexism, homophobia, transphobia, I can keep going. So this work takes a lot of unlearning. And what I appreciate most is when um, interested community members apply and read through Woman Inc's values and our like theory of change. Um, and um, and that they're open to learning new ways or learning old ways that may be harmful. Um, and that they, I appreciate their curiosity and their openness to lean into discomfort. I'm right there with you, Mary. I, you captured a lot of what I was gonna say. Um, I feel like especially with, you know, spending so much time with folks in training, um, I really just do appreciate, you know, folks just taking a pause and just reflecting about the conversations that we're having um, and being in a space to learn and unlearn and grow and just to try. Um, you know, we don't expect anyone to just like, all right, I finished training. I know exactly what to do. And all like my past, like, you know, notions are gone or whatever, but it's like just you know, just wanting to be open to trying um, new ways of supporting survivors, not necessarily new, but just like other ways of supporting survivors that aren't always what like everybody else is doing. And I think with that, I always appreciate the passion and the interest of folks just wanting to even support survivors, especially those who have that personal experience, knowing just how complex and challenging it could be engaging into training and then going on to volunteering um I just I want to honor that because so many of our folks are they, they identify as survivors and so I feel like it's just so powerful to um have those folks on the line with us or just throughout the organization not just on the line um and their investment in supporting survivors um I think that's just such a important thing to have. Um, and so I just appreciate all of the volunteers for um, their willingness to, to support us. It's just, it, it's big. I think, I mean, it's kind of already been said, but I just appreciate everyone's willingness to learn and desire to help. Um, I think that you can't do this work if you don't actually care or like if you don't have a passion for helping others you're not going to last in this work so I just appreciate that everyone has that um, and that no matter how hard it gets um, that they still continue on and still you know have this desire to help um, I think that is just something I'm really grateful for I think I appreciate all those things too. And I, um, I could go on about this, but I think um, it's hard to put into words, but I really appreciate the way that volunteers will come in to this space as kind of like, they don't know us really, you know, we do our best to tell people who we are via all these documents and stuff, but it's, they don't know necessarily what that looks or feels like in practice. And they put a lot of trust into us when they enter into training. And then, you know, those of the, the, those folks who then volunteer on the line. And when I've had um, conversations, I'm always really impressed with the way that volunteers don't the volunteers I've interacted with the most aren't like, well, why don't you, here I am harping on these systems again, but I'm just going to say it like, well, why don't you like talk to us about how we should work with the cops and why aren't you doing that? And it, when those questions are totally fine and, you know, we talk about that, but 
the intention I think is like curiosity and kind of building and understanding versus you should do this. You should be doing this because a lot of people do. And for them to kind of like you all were saying, like get in there and kind of unlearn and unpack some of that gaslighting that our society puts us through around these systems and all of these things really about domestic violence, like a lot of victim blaming and, and all the things and wanting to just like funnel it, that understanding of domestic violence as one thing versus like Mary was saying, the, the whole like constellation of intersectionality behind it for them to really kind of get in there and, and just be like, yeah, I get that. Okay. And unlearning, like you're saying and learning, I, I really, I don't know what that is. I, but I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm just saying that there's a lot of trust um, that they show in our values and the things that make us different and the things I think that are really precious to the organization that we actively work to protect on all the levels. Um, so I really appreciate that. And to close our conversation out, mm -hmm. could we all just be a little cheesy and can we just share a message of appreciation, whatever it is you want to say to our volunteers, to Woman Inc's volunteers, sounds, I don't like that framing, to the, to the folks who volunteer with us, a message of appreciation to the folks who volunteer with us. Um, whether it's specific or in general, whatever it may be, please. This is Mary. I wish you can, I wish you saw my shoulder dance for you. That was me being excited about sharing this short message. Um, thank you for choosing Woman Inc. And, and <laughs> I think that was it. Oh, and Knowing this work can be really frustrating and hard and weighty. Is that a word? It is right now. Um, we can, that we, there is still space to experience joy and have a sense of humor and really lean into that. And um, I just want to, um, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate each and every one of you. I do. Um, so thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for showing up, showing up for survivors, showing up for the woman in community and showing up for yourselves. Um, we really couldn't do this work without you all. Like, I think that everyone who volunteers adds something to the table whether it is a certain skill, you know, a little bit of humor, just, I mean, there's so many things and so many qualities that I have gotten to witness and see in all of you. And I'm just happy to know you all and happy to have you a part of this community. Likewise. I really appreciate each and every one of our volunteers. Um, you know, whether they've been with us for a couple months or a couple decades, um, just so much great experience that they bring, um, how everyone is just so unique in their own way. Um, I just appreciate everything that they that you all provide. Um, and your commitment as well to, to supporting folks, to supporting survivors. Um, I, everything everyone has said just resonates so much. And I just want to really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all um, for just engaging in this work with us um, and just the ongoing support that you all provide. Thank you. And I, I definitely, um, I feel all those things too. Thank you all for your support. And I just uh, want to name a couple of volunteers who are no longer with us on this planet <laughs> who have passed away. And they, um, these, these 
three women that we know that we know of um, really made an impact at our organization. And I just, for, for me, very like personally. Um, so Mickey was a volunteer who was hilarious. We mentioned humor, Sabrina. She was hilarious. And she also taught me a lot about being in a moment with a survivor. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm getting choked up, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say I her her absence is felt at Womanique still. And she passed away. Um, oh gosh, over a decade ago now. Um, so she was very gracious. She was struggling with cancer, but she um, she was just very committed to the work we do. And in dark times when I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, I think of her and um, her connectedness to the, not just survivors, but to the organization and to her longtime partner, Rita, who was also really supportive and lovely. Um, uh, miss you. And uh, Claire, who was another total shit kicker, funny, helped us a lot with accounting during the fiscal crisis. And I totally remember sitting down with her and she was so funny. She was so dry. And I was like, dude, just shoot straight. Like, how bad is it? She's like, oh, it's bad. Like, she was so funny. She was just like, but here's the positive stuff. And she was like one of the first people that really kind of gave me some like groundedness and all of that. I totally remember having that conversation with her. And she said, her favorite thing about Woman Inc. is that it's a pants-free environment. <laughs> it's not a pants-free environment, but you know, that was her big joke about Woman Inc. And I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, so Claire was amazing and um, she loved German shepherds mm -hmm. very much. So um, and then Kaser. What a sweet spirit she had has. And she um, was a really sweet, she was sweet. She was super funny. She was super smart. And she'd always come in and she was like small in stature. And she'd always kind of be there and be like, hey. But she had this little thing under the surface that was really playful and fun. And um she came to our doggy walk with one of her friends, I remember, and they had a little dog in a bag. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this <laughs> yeah. She, she was a sweetheart. And she also, you know, she's she was had her struggles that um she was just real. She was very authentic and sweet. And she had also the cutest clothes and she loved cats obsessed obsessed with cats um she used to work with um one of our tanya who i interviewed they worked at shoe biz in the mission um, yeah she was a sweet soul and mickey gave me my first nickname at the office which was little bitch <laughs> like what and she pulled me aside one day and said you know Jill I give you that name because I know you can handle it and you know it actually means that I really like you and I was like I can handle it it's fine <laughs> yeah she was hilarious um anyway I just wanted to I wanted to their just presence is very live and when um I'm at the office by myself they really center me sometimes like through the pandemic and when things are uncertain, their presence, I still feel in the space, especially Mickey. So. So thank you all. Thank you so much, not only for the conversation and the wrap up today, um, Sabrina, Alicia and Mary, but uh, for the episodes you did on the volunteer series. I really enjoyed listening to them. 
And um, I'm really happy we got to lift up the volunteers because we know that April 17th through the 24th? 22nd. 22nd, thanks. I guess they operate on, you know, business hours. So we're going to say the 16th through the 23rd, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to say April, okay? April. <laughs> is volunteer aware as a volunteer awareness? Jeez, I'm cow. <laughs> Dinosaur been doing the work too long. Volunteer appreciation week slash month. So um, thank you all, all the volunteers for all the things. Well, maybe not all the things, but you know, <laughs> thank you um, for all your help and support and work. And let's, um, thanks for joining the fight, man. Thank you. I hope you're all still listening because I think this is a really good episode along with the other three that I hope you are going to listen to also with Sasha, with Yadidia, and with Tanya. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Sabrina and Alicia. Gracias. Thank you.